Hello, welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC Live here on ESPN Plus on the day that the US booked a place in the knockout stages of the World Cup. Here to discuss it, Craig Burley and Stevie Nicol. And we also welcome to the show Sebastian Salazar, Hercules Gomez, Casey Keller. What a way to celebrate your birthday. Super excited for the Team USA making it happen. So, yeah, I mean, look, you, you come into this tournament, you have one goal. You have one goal, and that's to get out of the round. When you know you're drawn against, you know, an England side that had been, you know, struggling, against a Welsh side who are, you know, not world beaters, um, and, and, and their best two players uh, really needed to qualify for this tournament four years ago. And, and an Iranian side that is more of a geopolitical nightmare than really a, a, you know, a football uh, a foe that the, that the team wanted to play against. So when you saw the draw, you looked at Greg Berhalter's side and you said, look, they have a really good chance of coming out of this group. I felt all along, get something against Wales. You know, don't take a number against England. And then everything was going to be pivotal, pivotal on that Iran match. And sure enough. It was. They knew they, they knew they needed three points. John Strong told us time and time again during the broadcast that they needed three points, and they got it. And look, got a little interesting there at the end. No question about it, as Iran knew they were looking for an equalizer, and they threw a lot of numbers at it, and a lot of free kicks the, the team had to defend. But, but give the side a lot of credit for seeing out the clean sheet, keeping the 1-0 win, and completing the goal, or at least the first goal of getting out of the first round. And now they have the opportunity to go against a Dutch side that we've talked about on the show, guys, in that first round. This isn't a Dutch side of, of years past. So I think the U.S. will match up pretty well against this team. Um, Seb Herc, how are you for that nine minutes of added time? I was fine. You were struggling a little bit. You were very upset when you saw the well, nine flash. Just though. in general in the World Cup, I, I don't understand why we're seeing nine-minute stoppages every half. So you're increasing the game by like a, a good 20 minutes. So that, that's a little uh, hard to understand. But, yeah, it definitely made for some angst moments, especially because this is a very young team, and, and they will make naive mistakes. Um, Almost Casey gave away a penalty. Yeah, Casey mentioned it on our show earlier that it's Haji Wright who comes on as a sub and he's got an opportunity to kill some time off and take the ball to the corner, but he sees a little opening, so he has a go, a very weak go, and it goes right to the goalkeeper and it's right down your throat and then it's a controversial maybe penalty. Is it a penalty? It, it's a weak position to put yourself in. It's a very naive position in those final moments, Seb. Yeah, I feel like we're, we're nitpicking here on how a right. very young team, the second youngest team at this World Cup, handled an incredibly difficult situation. Absolutely. For me, the, the big story is how they handle the emotions in this game. Uh, we heard about it. Everybody's talked about that 1998 game uh, and how the U.S. didn't match Iran's emotions. Greg Berhalter talked about it in the press conference. He clearly shared that with his team. And I think there was two ways, actually three ways, that this could have gone for the U.S. They could have not matched Iran's emotions. They could have been too jacked up. And instead, they were right where they needed to be. And it was the guys that you needed to do it. It's your captain, Tyler Adams, yep. who, again, is extremely young, 23 years old. And it's Christian Pulisic. And it's not just the goal, but it's everything that he does in those first 45 minutes. 60 seconds into the game, he goes on a 40-yard run with the ball right at the Iranian defense. I think that sends a message to the opponent, and it sends a message to everybody else on his team. I'm the guy. Don't worry. I got us. And in the end, it's his goal that yeah, gets him through. Yeah, but to your to your point about nitpicking, it's six halves of football, and we're talking about a bad 45 the second half versus Wells, and you're talking about the last maybe 
nine, ten minutes and stoppage time of this game where Greg Berhalter pretty much sits in deep and you're just absorbing. Ben, do not break. That's what we're nitpicking with this U.S. men's national team because they've been very good at moments. Dynamic, fluid, vertical, at speed, really dangerous, really fun to watch at times. Yeah, if there's anything you can pick at, it's maybe the fact that eventually they don't get a second, right? They right. probably could have closed this game out, but still, it's a very difficult task to go against Iran. We know everything that's happened uh, in the last week, kind of politically, the tension leading up to this game. It's a huge three points, not just for this group, but I think for American soccer. We can't forget what happened four years ago, missing out on the World Cup, and now here they are in the round of 16 with a matchup that I don't think, you know, in terms of what you could have had, what you might expect to have being second out of your group, you'll definitely take a, an accessible Dutch team in the round of 16. They deserved it, yeah? Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and they'll take Holland all day, which, yeah. is, which you maybe wouldn't have said a few years ago. Mm. Uh, and we'll sort of get to them later. But, yeah, it, it's a good young team. It's, there's a lot to like about it. Uh, a lot of good young performers. Ugh. Shall we just say Tyler Adams again? Yeah, it was uh, you know Robinson from Fulham, and the, the, yeah. the list goes on. Aronson coming on and taking the ball for a for a carry and taking some pressure off, winning some free kicks, and yeah, they did make it difficult for themselves, and they did that against Wales. Uh, but he's got the job done, and you know he's not the only one in this competition, uh, Berhart, or, uh, but he's he's searching. Argentina changing the team, mm -hmm. Belgium haven't a clue what they're doing, Germany and Hansi Flick, and you can throw the USA in, but, but they're already over the line. You know, he, if we sit here and say, what's his team against Holland? We've no idea. Mm. I mean, Tim Ream wasn't even meant to be in the squad. Not the team, the squad. He hadn't played or started, I think, for over a year or around about. And yet he plays every game. So he's kind of found a way to get there and get over the line. Uh, and again today, surprises, Carter Vickers coming in from, from Celtic uh, and, and Sargent coming back in, I didn't, I didn't see that happening and, and still, still no Gio Reyna who is one of their <laughs> great talents. you got you got to say though, defensively he's got it spot on pretty much. Yeah. You know, they, they haven't looked as though they're going to leak goals, they haven't looked vulnerable. Uh, we saw they had to deal with a lot at the end of the game and they dealt with it. Uh, I thought pretty comfortably to be honest. You know, I don't, I don't remember Matt Turner having to make any amount of saves that Casey did, you know, in previous World Cups. Mm. So I think defensively, and I don't think Berhalter can do an awful lot as far as going forward is concerned, because the three he has in the midfield are more war horses than anything else, but they do a fantastic job, and their game is not playing pretty little passes through to a centre forward, which, by the way, Berhalter doesn't have. He doesn't have a centre forward. So, all things considered, they've done well to get into this, the next stage of this tournament. Uh, Casey, I was talking chat with Stevie beforehand. Matt Turner didn't have too much to do, but he does seem to have a real command and confidence of his area, which has got to be a great, great place to be if you're playing in front of him. Well, it sure makes it nice, too. And I think Steve you know, mentioned it. If, if you're not getting shelled, it makes it a lot easier to be you know, just directional, you know, to have, a, you heard he gave a shout to Shaq Moore to leave a ball and then Shaq headed it out for a throw in and there was this serious apology from Shaq Moore. So look, he, he's doing what he needs to do in the back in helping organize a defense that has been very, very solid in this tournament. And I, I think it's, it's clear to say that the, the shield in front of the back four 
has been impressive. They've done a really, really good job of not allowing, you know, easy chances. I think they've defended resolutely on set pieces. And uh, I think obviously when they needed that little bit of luck, i.e. the free header from Harry Kane in stoppage time, they got it. And, you know, we talked about this before the tournament started. If the U.S. are going to have success, you're going to need your star players to show up. And those star players being Weston McKinney, being Tyler Adams, you know, being Pulisic, goal and assist. Um, and then you're going to need a couple surprises. And you mentioned the surprises. Tim Ream being a massive surprise, a guy that was, you know, only in the squad because of an injury. And, and, and he's had a tremendous tournament. So you need those guys to appear as well. And then you got guys coming off the bench doing a job for you, you know, and uh, look, the team spirit must be great. And it'll be interesting to see, as you mentioned, there hasn't been a lot of changes. You know, you're talking about one change from the first game and two changes from the second game. So I, I think it'll be a push to see if, if Pulisic will be fit, you know, in, in, in a few days time. But other than that, I don't see a lot of changes if they don't have to be made. Uh, um, boys, I don't think anyone would have had that starting 11 if we asked you ahead of the game. Where, how concerned were you when you saw that starting 11 and how much did Behold get it right? Just to put some context to it, Walker Zimmerman had played 814 World Cup <laughs> qualifying minutes under Greg Berhalter. Uh, zero. 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 So I, I was shocked. What did you think? I, I was shocked as well because uh, you wouldn't peg Greg Berhalter all of a sudden out of the blue pickup mm. defender he's not used. And then to go back to the well with Josh Sargent, which I thought was pretty intelligent. I actually thought Josh played very well. And I know there's you don't have a nine because they did not score, but Josh is the most talented nine in that pool. It's been a while since we've seen a nine have yeah. a good day for the U.S. Yeah. And it's he unfortunate that he rolled his ankle that yeah. way because I think he's going to be instrumental going forward. That said, you can talk about the changes. Let me talk to you about Greg Berhalter's change because he completely got it wrong in the second half of the Wells game. And I think he learned from that, managed that, and we saw a different team in that England matchup, a team that was so dynamic that really threatened the English back line, but they weren't they really weren't sharp enough in and around goal, forcing saves from Pickford. Uh, he got better from that today, a much more dangerous team. And I think he's going to get better of what he didn't do in this game. The final nine minutes, 18 minutes, if you will, with stoppage time, you can't just sit back what would and absorb. you have him do? You know Iran's going to throw well, everybody Reyna, possible. Gio Reyna. Okay. You need somebody in the, on the field, in the game, who's able to get the ball. Get the ball, attract numbers, go by players, who has the ability 1v1, has the ability to combine, has the ability to find uh, the pass, whether it's... 20 to 15 to 20 or 20 to 35 yards where he can pick somebody out, but you need to alleviate pressure somehow. I think he's going to learn from that, and I think we're going to see Gio Reyna soon. We've shouted out Matt Turner, we've shouted out Tyler Adams, but I think we have to talk about the line of four. Robinson, Ream, when it was Walker Zimmerman and Dest, had never played together before this World yeah. Cup. So in the first two games, they do a job. CCV, who, as we just mentioned, zero minutes in World Cup qualifying, comes in. He does a job. And this defense, which was one of the big concerns coming in, along with the number nine, Two clean sheets, one goal conceded, and that's from a penalty. I mean, we really have to highlight the work that this unit has done. Yeah, and I done. think Dan mentioned it. Turner didn't have to make a save. Yeah. He's not really Some been of that's tested. on Iran's finishing. No, so, okay, Iran, England, uh, Wales, whatever you want. He's really not been tested. That's a fact. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Robinson, as advertised, we've known how good he's been for this U.S. Men's National for a while. I can sit here and ask all of you guys if you expected 
this defensive dif discipline and effort from Serginho Dest, I did not. Mm. That has been a pleasant surprise for me. Yeah, defense looks good, I think, to the, to the point the boys make in studio. Still some questions about this American attack. I, th I think one of the uh, things with uh, Carter Vickers was that this was a game that the U.S., apart from the end, was primarily going to dominate. He's been playing for quite a while at a club at Celtic that dominates a lot of games, and so he has to be switched on for any little counter-attack. And, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons that he was in there, that he's a little pacier, and he's, he's used to playing a, a side in Scotland that dominates domestically. And so maybe that was one of the reasons why, why that change was made. Look, we can... You know, we've sat here and banged on about Phil Foden. He played. We've sat here and banged on about Giorena, uh, Aarons and all these players. But at the end of the day, yep. when the coach gets you over the line and you get the victory, it, it, it's hard to question that. And it was Christian yeah. Pulisic putting his body on the line. They got the win. <laughs> Punch him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, do you know, at the end of the day, it was desire. Because he ran past three Iranian defenders to get on the end of a great... Header across from Serginho Desk. Unfortunately, he did get clattered after the ball had hit the back of the net, which is probably going to put him out, in my opinion, for next week. But He, he tweeted, he said he'd be fine. He, he said it'll be good for Saturday. When you, get, when you get a knock like that, right. there's, not, there's not a lot of time. I'm telling you, there's not a lot of time to recover. I'll be, I'll be surprised. Anyway, <laughs> but the fact is, he did, he did something that the US have struggled to do in this competition, and that is get numbers in the box. Right. And the one time they did it, and the one time he did it, they score. Now, whether it's him or anybody else, Bellhalter, the fact that he's now got out of the group, can maybe take the shackles off a little bit and try and encourage whether it's the players that he's been using or whether he brings in anybody else, now he can maybe start encouraging people to get in the box. Because to lose to Holland is no disgrace. He's done his job, basically getting them out of this group. So... Why don't you open up a little and maybe have a go? Uh, we'll talk about the Holland game a little bit later on, but let's uh, focus on Christian Pulisic, uh, Casey. Very much now writing in himself into American folklore, along with Landon Donovan, I suppose, in, in 2010. Not quite as dramatic, but just as effective. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and I think there was a lot of pressure on Christian, uh, you know, with the way the season and maybe the last season at Chelsea have, have played out. Uh, he's had some injury issues, wasn't always available for qualifying, showed up at qualifying, started to get into form, scored the key goals to help the team make it. And then, you know, we, again, we'll go back to that point. When, when you're a team like the United States and you got, you know, four or five players, you got a, you got a player at Juventus, you got a player at Chelsea, you got a couple players at Leeds, you got some, you know, some Fulham players, some guys around the, you know, the world. You talked about Cameron Carter Vickers at Celtic. You need those guys who have Champions League experience, who have maybe a relegation fight experience to step up for you. And maybe then some of the other guys who haven't quite had that experience can be a little bit calmer because of the way you're playing, the way you're setting the tone. And I think you got to give Christian a ton of credit because he's done a great job under a lot of pressure to be able to come in and, and perform. I think the hard part is I think we all see the talent that Christian has and, and we want to uh, think that he could get two goals against Wales and maybe a goal against England and then you know three assists against Iran, but it's just not it's just not the DNA of this team. So when you can pick and choose your moments, have that moment where you make a difference in a scoreline, 
that's all you can ask. And, and Christian has de definitely stood up and done that in this World Cup so far. I, I think I think the difference for him is Dan is that I don't know what everybody thinks, but I mean, Giorena apart, he really is the big cheese here, right? And so he knows that. And not that he's a cocky guy, I'm not saying that, but he knows he is. I'm not even going to say the Captain America. Should. You just said it. You said it. You said it. It was in your head. I couldn't find a way head. to get round it, right? But effectively, he knows that. And it's kind of a, che it's a kind of chest puffed out. And people say, you know, and, and, and I know a lot of. Uh, uh, American soccer fans continually go on about his place in the Chelsea side but the difference is here he is the big fish in this pond mm -hmm. and then he goes back to his club and he's not and sometimes for players that's difficult and once they come out of that shell and go to the international team yeah there's, a, there's still a huge pressure of course it's a World Cup but he knows if he's fit he's in the team and he's playing and he's confident and if he makes a mistake he'll still be playing and sometimes from a playing perspective you're seeing a better Christian Pulisic for the national team than they are, even when he gets an opportunity at his club. Another chapter for his book, Herc. <laughs> yeah, another chapter go down as a very successful one so far. Listen, you mentioned it, Dan. You talk about Landon Donovan. You talk about Clint Dempsey. What do those players have? They maybe don't have, didn't have the ceiling of a Christian Pulisic, but they had the World Cup. They had the international moments. That's what was missing for Christian Pulisic. He got that. The assist, now a goal. He continues to be one of the most dangerous players for the U.S. Men's National Team against England. Hit the crossbar against Pickford. Tight angle. He continues to puff that chest out like uh, Craig is mentioning. He's getting better and better. And listen, Casey saw him when he was part of Jurgen's coaching staff. They introduced him into the national team. To see that kid from then to now, it's light years ahead of where most of these players that we were talking about were at that age. And he continues to get better. I need that from him. I need him to puff that chest out, Craig, because you, you mentioned it. He, he's a big fish in a small pond. Um, I just want to change subject because, Seb, I, and, um, Herc, I know you've got to go in a moment. Gio Reyna, there's quite this soap opera that seems to be developing around him. Obviously, there were suggestions that Bear Holt had told him to lie about being fit. Eric Winalda then came out and said he had to console his dad. All these stories, are they contributing to the fact that he's not playing? What's going on? Eric Ronaldo has since effectively retracted those comments. Uh, so I think, as I said on Football Americas, those comments were greatly exaggerated. It seemed unreasonable that a manager would want to ask a player to lie and then hold it against him and not use him. I, I think what we talked about on the show is probably the truth is somewhere in between. Gio sees himself as 100% fit. Whatever Greg Berhalter thinks he needs from Gio, he's maybe not there yet. It is a big head-scratcher, and I think the other head-scratchers is Brendan Aronson. But again, the point is, when you look at this 11, Herc, who are you moving out? Especially the one, the one spot you could find for those guys would be the Tim Weah spot, and he is, he is immovable from that. Honestly, alignment. the one spot that may be up for grabs is that nine spot right now with Josh Sargent injured, and we could see a possibility of a Christian Pulisic or a Timothy Weah mm -hmm. playing in that false nine. Which but opens I, up which, another spot. Yeah, yeah, but I agree with you. Who are you going to move? Yeah. Uh, Casey, what was interesting, I thought right at the end, and you thought, what are you doing? Haji Wright when he could have just run it into the corner, took a shot, obviously, what's that? About the 97th minute, wasn't it? Uh, how, how were you at that stage? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty calm watching games. You know, I mean, we've all been there as players, and uh, uh, I absolutely exploded out of my chair. And um, 
And I think my wife and daughter were like, what is going on? Uh, yeah, if that had then resulted in the ball going in on the end and conceding a penalty and being knocked out of uh, the World Cup because, uh, you know, a, a player didn't go to the, the corner flag and, and be professional, then, then yeah, we, that would have been um, a difficult moment in the locker room, let's just say, if I had been. I texted Greg and I told him that uh, I was – it's probably not the most politically correct, but I was strangling Haji right through my television. And oh. um, thankfully, it's uh, <laughs> it, yes, exactly. And it and it uh, and I was kind of laughing about it. He you know, texted me back laughing about it. And you know, it's easy. You know how you can laugh about it when because it didn't hurt you in the end. Now, if yeah. it's a, now, if it's a learning moment for a young player uh, and it never happens again, there's the key teaching moment, right? It's so nice to be able to teach somebody who did something irresponsible when they weren't punished for it. And, and so I hope Haji Wright learns from it, but I, uh, I kind of lost my mind there a little bit. Was that before the penalty shout or after? Before, wasn't it? That was, before, yeah. Yes, that was just before. Just before, yeah. just before. Yeah. Mm, that's what, I mean, I don't think anybody no, thought it was a penalty. No. 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 no, no. I mean, it was never a penalty. But I have to say, when, once I saw it in real time and I was like, oh, Yes. You know, how, but yeah. I know, there was definitely contact. There was definitely a hand on the shoulder. You could see there. the contact, and then you thought, right, they're going to review, and you're like, oh, they're going to give this. But then you saw it in replay, and you were like, no, he's never going to give it. So that was a good decision. The other thing was, uh, every player that started today was based in the European club. Right. Going back to Jurgen Klinsmann, who was uh, yeah. chastised for, for uh, suggesting that, albeit. He was technical director of the MLS at the time, which maybe was a bit of a conflict of interest. But he did say, you know, the kids have to get out to get experience, to learn, uh, to play at a higher standard. And I know quite a few MLS boys are in the squad and have played, but this starting 11 today were all guys that were playing in Europe at a good level. Uh, we'll just change gears before we let Seb go. Well, Herc has left you, Seb, because he doesn't want to hear about it's this. Divorce. And let's face it, who wants to hear more <laughs> about you gloating? But earlier today, you led an ESPN side that beat a UK media team. Look how happy you are, Seb. How bad must the other team be? <laughs> hey. well, steady, steady. That's a small shirt, by the way, that's hanging off your boy. I, everybody said that we were supposed to, to suppose like we were celebrating. Clearly, only Jules and I got the memo. Everybody else is uh, is taking it easy. No, it was a, it was a lot of fun, and I have to say that we had a bit of a ringer on our side in, in terms of Natum. He uh, he plays at about level two, and then whenever anybody else tries to take it up or, or, or go past them, he just he goes up to level about three of ten and just wipes the floor with us. So uh, great time playing with the boys. The ESPN FC team has lots of harmony, uh, and as anybody, I know Ali's not there, but he and I have played together, and I'm sure Dan, you've hung out with me. You know, I, you know, I'm intense when it comes to my soccer. So is that uh, no surprise there that I was pretty fired up after the. There w. has to be better things to do than playing soccer. <laughs> Seriously, honestly, was that Mark Ogden smiling, Sam? Uh, Mm. Well, yes. No, can I tell you? Can I tell you? The, the revel, <laughs> the revelation oh, of the trip has been what a joy it is to hang out with Mark Ogden, 
And then the revelation of the game today is how good Augie is at football. He's a lethal striker. We started playing wow. before the real game kicked off. He dropped like five. Then he got transferred over to the Riders team. It didn't go so well for me. He lost kind of service, but he was still a fox in the box type. I, I did not see that coming from Augie. So we were all blown away by, by his skills today. I think more than anybody else in terms of this game. Tell you what, if you, the true if you, revelation if, of the Qatari World Cup. If you find the bright side of Augie, then I tell you what, yeah. your contact list can't be very long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say thank you very much, guys. Of course, later on the show, we'll be looking ahead to that clash on Saturday against the Dutch for a but for a lot more reaction to the U.S. beating Iran by one goal to nil, be sure to check out Football Americas, which is available to watch now. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. The US through to the knockout stages, as are England, after a comfortable 3-0 victory against Wales. All the goals coming in the second half. Nice free kick from Marcus Rashford would open the scoring. And then we saw, uh, we saw Foden score, and then Rashford getting his second. This is the reaction uh, from the fans when Rashford got that opener. Uh, England then go through top of the group. Uh, Nader Manua was keeping an eye on this one as we welcome him to the show. Uh, Nadam, this was very easy really for England against a very poor Welsh side. Yes, yes, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. I think coming into this um, coming into this tournament, some Wales probably would have fancied their chances. You know, it's been so long since they've been at a competition, but I think they played so well in that second half against the USA that maybe they thought something good could happen. But then they, they had that game against Iran and it was, it was so poor. And it was the same again today, considering the fact that there was a, actually a scenario whereby they could qualify for the next round, which was to beat England by 4-0. As unrealistic as that would be, it never really felt like they were ever going to go for it. You know, as you can see there, they didn't really have a ton of possession. Some of the shots they have were very speculative. And England were the better side and are the better. They do have the better players, but it just, it just felt like a real letdown spot. I think England could have scored more. And it was a, it's a really weird ending. You know, they've been supported so well by the fans that came over, but I think the three, basically the three performances they're given haven't been good enough. And I think they really need to take a look at, say, where they're heading, because some of those players who've relied on in the past, you know, maybe like a Gareth Bale, maybe like an Aaron Ramsey, are they hindering them? Perhaps they are, but then it seems like something's missing. Gareth Bale coming off at halftime, don't know whether it was for an injury and so on. I think he had seven touches of the ball and he turned, turned it over five times. This is supposed to be your talisman, and for them, they just seem so flat. And England, at times, it looked like it was a training session for them. They were so comfortable, scored those goals, got all the confidence, and they'll be looking forward, thinking, you know, things are good for them. But for Wales, 
you know, it's been a very, very interesting last 10 days or so for them because they have been exceptionally poor, in my opinion. I was going to pick but you, you took the, the phrase out, it did feel like a training match for much of this game. I, I've never fancied Wales no. uh, ever since qualification. Yeah. They're, they're a, a stodgy team that defend, if you look at their qualification record, it's about sitting in and then looking for a moment from Bale or somebody else or Kiefer Moore or Dan James's pace. But this, we're now at the elite level, really, and we're not even at the knockout stage, but it's still a step up. And we've talked about it in the show. I mean, fantastic players over the years, but they've got two passengers in Bale and Aaron Ramsey, and you just can't carry those players. And it was a training game. Uh, I don't think it was ever in doubt. I think England could have stepped up at any time. The first half, okay, it was 0-0, but it was possession for possession's sake. The two early goals did, did the job. Rashford was looking for his hat-trick in the end. So, yeah, and a lot of people getting on Rob Page's back since he took over from Ryan Giggs. But listen, what you look at the squad. You look at... They're, they're good, solid professionals and a couple of really good players that are over the hill. What the hell do you expect from them? Mm. It, it was going to take a miracle for them to get out of this group and get some good results. I mean, the fact that they got that good half an hour against the USA says more about the USA downing tools and switching off than it did about Wales, because you look what Iran did to Wales. Yeah. And Iran have been really, really poor. But, but that second half tells you what Wales are good at, and that is getting the ball forward to Moore up front, who's a pain in the backside for any defender, and then you get your Ramsey and you get your Bale on the second ball, maybe 30, 35 yards for goal. Because that's, that, that's, that, that's them in a nutshell. And I don't think you can blame Paige either. He's got to play Ramsey. He's got to play Bale. And again, he doesn't have a, a Gio Reyna sitting on the bench. Right. He can complain he's not playing them. So, Rob Page had no choice. And, and basically, Wills just aren't good enough. How was Foden, Nathan? Well, he was just doing Phil Foden things. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought he, I thought he did quite well. I don't think he was amazing. And to be honest, I've not really seen him be amazing whilst playing for England. But I think it was good that maybe Southgate heard what some people were saying. Or maybe he didn't care at all. But he got the experience out there. He scored the goal. He was linking up well. They were moving the ball well. But like we've been saying, at times it very much felt like it was a training game. So they were very comfortable. And I think, to be honest, to sort of mention what we were saying before, for as much as Wales don't necessarily have the talent, one thing which I think they've had in the past, which they didn't have this tournament, was a bit of bite, a bit of aggression, you know, in terms of making teams really uncomfortable. Because no way should it feel like a training game between England and Wales, regardless of whatever the talent difference is. But yeah, to, but to go back to Foden, it's good to see him, you know, from a blue persuasion, seeing playing for England, getting the chance to be out there. And now for Southgate, you know, he's got players who will essentially, you know, be doing the cliche, knocking on his door, saying, you know, I mm. should be playing. And who knows what that team's going to be in that next game because enough people now have shown that, you know, they are capable. And, but unfortunately, I never thought I'd be saying this, but, you know, it was basically a training session game against Wales. It's some, it was some element it was quite sad to see, but then in the same breath, you know, England are a good side. They did what they needed to do. They won the group. So they can be looking onwards and upwards and hoping that they can put in a good performance against Senegal. See, it's going to be intriguing now for Southgate. Well, yeah, I was going to bring up Rashford. Good couple of months he's had, isn't he? Yeah, I mean... What are you smiling at? Do you really think he's going to do it? He's going to go back to his yeah. boys. What, back to Mountain Sterling? He'll go back Sterling. to Sterling, absolutely, 100%. You know, you can sell it today. Is you, you can, I mean, I think most people think Foden should be playing, right? I don't, I've not heard many that say... I've heard one or two say, well, he's not been as good for England. Well, you know, he doesn't get, always get that run in the side. 
But you could kind of sell it behind the scenes to Sterling and Mount, who haven't been great, and particularly Mount was bad in the last game. Is like, look, we're, we're qualified pretty much. It's Wales, I'm giving you a rest. Because we knew this game was going to pan out the way it, it pretty much did. Uh, but now he has got an issue. Whether, as Stevie said, mm. he's going to just go back to, to, to standard and go, no, nope, it's Sterling and Mount. They've been my guys for a while and they played in the first two games. Uh, or whether he goes with the guys that look really sharp. They've both been on the score sheet. Foden and, and obviously Rashford with two. Uh, it's a different dynamic. Yeah. See, that's, that's the thing yeah, we don't... We, I, I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to interrupt because I want to talk about that a little bit later on when we look ahead to the... Well, just, just take this bit we've just done. And then <laughs> <laughs> no one was listening to that. Uh, we'll talk about the clash against the Senegal uh, a little bit later on. That, uh, what we, round of 16 clash will be on Sunday. Well, ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid as we focus on Group A. The Dutch uh, were home and hose pretty much, wouldn't they? They just had to be Qatar. That was no problem there through. Senegal against Ecuador. What a game this was. They went right down to the wire. In the end, it was Senegal who took the victory, beating Ecuador by two goals to one. Julien Laurent joins us as well for this discussion. Uh, Jules, you were at that game. I can only imagine the atmosphere when it came to the Senegal fans because we saw them on the TV and it looked brilliant. Yeah. It was incredible. There was a lot of Ecuadorian fans as well. They've been in numbers here in, in Doha and the atmosphere really is a... El Khalifa International Stadium is a bit strange because there's the track, of course, around it. It's not a football stadium, but even that, even with the fans not being too close to the pitch, the atmosphere was still great. And I just wish that the Ecuador, the Ecuador players had almost fed off the energy and the support from their fans because they looked scared as soon as they got on that pitch, not really knowing what to do. You defend the draw and the draw is enough. You go and attack, but you don't want to attack too much. And they started so poorly that they lost all confidence because Senegal should have been 2-0 up after 10 minutes, really. First, Ghana game is that big chance, then Bouladia has, has a big chance as well. And I don't think Ecuador never came back from that shaky start. Yeah, in the second half, Caicedo scores a goal and they went 1-1 and then they think, OK, we've done the hardest bit here. But yes, yeah, Senegal were always the better side for me and they just had a different mindset. And we saw it a little bit with Iran today, again, the USA, when maybe you just need a draw and you know it. I'm not sure if your mindset is right trying to defend a, a draw from the beginning in a game like that. The timing of the Koulibaly goal, of course, so key after yeah. Ecuador just got themselves back in. Well, unfortunately game. for Ecuador, they've looked really good and strong and, and, you know, technically good and powerful and quick and a threat. Whether Ena Valencia was fully fit or not, I, I don't know. Uh, but just to summarise what Jules has said, uh, you know, they couldn't handle the pace, the changes from Senegal and Dai on the right, Ismaili Sar on the left who got the penalty early on, he had those two chances. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if it was because they were between a rock and a hard place with what they needed, but they just, the most vital game, they put in their worst performance. But Senegal were, were probably their best performance. Yes. But yet when they got the equaliser from the set piece at the back post, you just thought, right, that, that's it. They're going to see this one out. But yet... They, they finished from Koulibaly, who, in his first international goal, you sound surprised, but he is a defender, but what a finish. I know, because it side just came foot, to him so quickly, didn't it? Side foot, no panic, right into the roof of the net, and that just led to another exciting finish. There's been quite a, a few late uh, stories at the end of this World Cup, but Senegal uh, deserved the victory 
uh, at the end of this 90 whatever it was minutes. Uh, do you think Senegal's getting enough credit, to, um, uh, Nadem? Obviously, Jules saying that Ecuador looks scared, not quite sure what to do, but these are, you know, the African Cup of Nations champions. Yeah, that is right. First time African Cup of Nations champions under Aliou Cisse, who played in the World Cup in 2002, the last time I think they got to the quarterfinals. You know, I've been really impressed by them both in that tournament and in this one, because for me, I think they've had three really good performances. I think the Netherlands topped the group, but I don't necessarily feel as if they, well, we can talk about what people deserve and what they don't. But I think Senegal could have gotten something from that game against the Netherlands. So I think they are a very dangerous side. And so much so that, you know, speaking with our man Seb and uh, speaking to Herc, like they don't mind playing against the Netherlands because what Netherlands have shown so far through this tournament isn't really something that's really going to scare them as such. And they, they almost like that matchup more. But I think Senegal, they're a good side. The way that they sort of approached this game today really impressed me. And obviously when it went to 1-1, I was kind of like everybody else thinking that, well, I guess it's going to be Ecuador's game now because Ecuador had been quite impressive for the first two games. But in the end, Senegal come away, I feel, deserving, deserving the opportunity. Mm -hmm. They defended well. They offered something on the break. I thought Ishmael Assar was great. I thought Njai on the right was great, as Craig was alluding to. And all this without Sadio Mane. Yeah. You know, it's very, very impressive. It's a shame that we could sort of have to wonder what they could have been. But still what they are still impressed me quite a lot. So I'm looking forward to see how they, the matchup goes against England. Because I think if England come in with the wrong sort of attitude, they could be in for a really big shock. And it's going to be a tough game for them. The same way that I thought it would have been if it was Ecuador that made it through. But yeah, fair play to them. You know, they're having a pretty good year so far, both individually and collectively within that side. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they play because they're a very good side to watch, in my opinion. What about the penalty from Saar? <laughs> World Cup. Oh, big champ. <laughs> to do that. Big champ. Well, I, I think the one thing they showed is they, they weren't going to be bullied because for me that's kind of what Ecuador have done. They've been too strong and too quick for, for the teams they've played. Uh, and they just, they weren't having it. Uh, and, and really, I like to the good football they play. How would you be with a no-look penalty, Craig? Did you try that in your time? Uh, in the reserves, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not, not in the World Cup. Not in the yeah. World Cup. Anybody can get, do it in the resi. Yeah. Don't yeah. look at the ball. I know. There's a, there's, a bit, there's a bit of magical chaos about the way Senegal play, though, and mm -hmm. it's really yeah. fun and enjoyable to watch. Uh, and it is quite open and pacey at times, and, and that I, I think that's going to make for a, for a very good game against England, who have got, you know, they've got superior players. If you look at where they're all playing, that doesn't necessarily say that they're going to win, they'll be favourites, but there's a pace and an energy about this Senegalese side, and when you hear those drums that are going for 90 minutes from the fans, it kind of feels like a World Cup yes. when they're playing. Yeah, most definitely. Feels exciting. Uh, let's take a look then at how the bookies have that match-up set between Senegal and England. England go into the tyres. Goodness me, that's big favourites, 9-2 to two on. Uh, Senegal, meanwhile, 100-30. to 30. Uh, I think you'd be a brave man to put money on England, certainly at that price, uh, Naden, because this is going to be a real test of Gareth Southgate's side. Yes, I, th I think it is, but so it should be. It's the round of 16 at the World Cup, you know, and you're playing against a continental champion. So I think it's right that it will be tough. You know, they've earned the right to firstly make it to the World Cup and secondly, to be here in the knockout stages in the group that they were in. So... I, it is going to be a tough game. You, you understand why England are favourites because, as, as you've mentioned, you know they do have the talent. They have the players playing where they're playing. Like we love an Ishmael Assad, but he is essentially playing in the Championship for Watford for as good as he is. So, from a matchup standpoint, you would fancy England, but they still need to be able to execute on the day. And I think, unfortunately, you don't necessarily have the privilege of being someone like. Julian, who follows France, who has lots of great memories at World Cups. It's okay. Because for England, ultimately, they've got some of those sort of memories about games which they should have won, which they didn't. 
but maybe this is the sort of new generation for England and maybe they can overcome it and overcome it comfortably and just continue their path towards where they want to be, which is ultimately in the final with a chance to win it all. Proper World Cup match coming up then, Jules, won't it be? Yeah, although Ghana gay uh, yellow card today means they will miss that game. And I think this is, I agree with everything Adam just said, this is a really good team. They, 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 know, they know exactly what to do. However, without Ghana gay, so I think it's a different team. Yeah, you can bring uh, Mendy, for example, from Leicester. You, you can move Gay somewhere. You can move Sis, who played really well today, I thought. But Ghana gay is just, is just a very special player for them. And I think without him, and he was, we saw him after the game, and he was really good. He's as happy, he said, as happy as I am for the team, and for me and for everybody in Senegal, I'm so disappointed that I picked up that yellow card. That means, obviously, suspension for the, for the England game. So it's a, it's a real shame because, again, without him, they're not as strong as with him. They should just get rid of that. After the group stage is clear, say, just go again. Oh, it just seems, it doesn't, it doesn't seem yeah. effective at all. Yeah. It seems ridiculous. Yeah. Two yellow cards uh, and you're punishing players in the biggest stage of their life. Yes. For playing for their country. I, I mean, I understand players missing out if, you're, if it's violent conduct and stuff like that. That's understandable, but they, they should be really wiping these clearances. They're giving them nowhere to go. Because you've got to, you've got three games to get out of your group, yeah. so it's not it's not a case of oh, well he's on a yellow I can rest them. You can't do that. So the the players and the coaches have got nowhere to go. They 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 got to change. It just seems it just seems yeah. unnecessary. Well, it's, where, it's, it's, it's where they've got no understanding of a player's perspective. You've, you might not get this moment again. You're on a yellow card, say from the first game. And it's not, you know, you can pick up a yellow for anything. I mean, it's stupid. You know, might not even deserve it. Depends on the referee. And then all of a sudden you get in the third game and you're, you're, it's a winner takes all or whatever it is or the group could go anyway. And you're running around on eggshells because you're going to miss maybe the, the, the last 16. I, mean, I, I, have to, I have to tell you, having been in meetings with, with officials uh, and people on the board of, of who make these kind of decisions. Yeah. They don't look at it the way we do, the way Craig is just talking about a player. They look at it as, well, if we don't punish people for getting carded, then they're just going to try and get away with things. Yeah. That's how they look at right. it. You just want the best players on the best stage, surely. Well, well, well that's not going to happen. Because I'm not saying they've nothing to lose. They're, they're in the last 16, they want to go to the quarters. But really and truly, you saw the graphic there. Yeah, they're England the are huge favourites. They've got no gay. They've got no uh, money. Yeah. Uh, so they really are up against it. And, and maybe that's, from their point of view, I think, right, sod it. You know, shackles off. We're just going to absolutely go for it here and see what it brings us. And if we lose, we lose. Who's your starting 11, Nadam? For England? Poor. Um, <laughs> that's so, so tough. Um, <laughs> Obviously, there's certain people. I think the two centre-backs for England, I think, have done really, really well. I think Stones and Maguire, I think they've been very, very good this tournament. Obviously, the one mistake away from being called the worst pairing in the history of English football. But for <laughs> now, they're doing really well. I think it's good to see Kyle Walker be back in there. Um, but I think Kieran Tripp will probably play. I think Shaw's done well. Then you're going with Rice. You're probably looking at Bellingham. I thought, to be fair, Henderson did well today in that spot. And Mason Mount, I don't think he's the nation's favourite when it comes to the way that he sort of has a role with England. And then it comes to that front three. Kane's probably going to start. But I do like Rashford, but Saka's done so well this season as well. And for Phil Foden, I hope he starts. I really do. 
but maybe it's going to be like a Saka and Rashford with, <laughs> alongside a Kane. You just named a lot of players, yeah. so, so... Sterling. No, 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 I didn't. It's Saka on the right. Saka on the right. Sterling's probably going to play, and I don't mind yeah. that at all because he's experienced it before. But it's just good to, good to know that from a sort of English perspective as such, they actually have options and choices to make and they have depth what, as what well. What would you do, Nadem? You'd have Saka on the you right. Know, push comes to shove. Gareth Southgate can go for it. <laughs> Who would you have, Nadem? And Rashford on the left. And Rashford on the left, Foden playing just Rashford behind the Kane. And then, uh, no, because Bellingham's in there. That's the problem. So it'd be, I'd go for Henderson, Rice and Bellingham. That's what I'd do. Oh, really? I've got a feeling they might leave Bellingham out. Wow. Yeah. Well, he got. I'm not saying it's right, but I get a feeling that Rashford will play on the left because he looked really good. Saka will come back in on the right. I think he'll try and accommodate. Uh, I think Mount will go. Right. I think he'll try and accommodate Raheem Sterling. Yep. Because he's been because he's 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 over the piece. I'm not saying he's playing well. But so where's he playing? And, and behind Harry Kane. Like a number 10. Potentially. Behind. And I think he might, I might be wrong, I think he might go back, because I know Bellingham played further forward today, but the first two games he played beside Declan Rice, I think he might go back to how he was today with the two more solid, more pragmatic right. approach. Okay, like a double pivot. Yeah, I think, I think he might just go that way. Ooh, double pivot. It's England, I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's the way I would go, I think that's what he would do. Right, what, 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 what would you do, what? Stephen? I wouldn't play Sterling and I wouldn't play Mount. Well, tell us what you would do. Well, I'd, I'd do... Oh, I'd you do. think you'll play him? Sterling? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. No, I don't, I don't know, care we were, what you think we you do, I want to know we, what you we would do. Talk, what would you do, Stevie? I wouldn't, I wouldn't play Sterling so at all. What would your lineup be up top? I, I, would, I would have the three in the middle and I would have three up front. I would have Saka, I'd have Kane, and I'd have Phil Foden. Right, OK. But I'll tell you what, I just don't, I don't see how he drops Sterling. And, and we are talking earlier, and it's, it's important, I guess, the way Southgate handles the players. Does Southgate say to Sterling uh, and Mount, you're all right, we're just going to give you a rest? Or does he say, you know what, I'm going to try these two? It, 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 it's a huge difference between I'm giving you a rest, because right. if I'm telling you I'm giving you a rest... I'm pretty much telling you, you're playing the next game. So it's important what Southgate said to these. I wish, I wish we knew exactly how we did it, but regardless, he shouldn't play Sterling. Uh, Jules, are you going to be like these two supporting Senegal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, some of my boys play there, of course, so I'm, I'm delighted for Edouard Mendy and Khalidou Koulibaly. I mean, today, just quickly, it was 20 years, of course, after the, two, the 2002 World Cup. They had a big tribute for Papa Bouba Diop, who mm. scored the first goal in that World Cup against France, the World Cup holders at the time. So it's very significant, I think, for Senegal, for this group of players, for Alou Cisse, that I mentioned before, for everybody back home, that they made it. And, and against the odds as well, because I think a lot of people saw Ecuador qualifying today. So now it's almost all a bonus. They see themselves going further and in the quarterfinals I think it'd be tough but yeah I want I want them to do I want them to do well but they will bring a lot of physicality to this game and I think yeah. England better be ready because it's going to be a tough test prediction then Jules what's wrong with you uh -uh. oh 1-1 Senegal on penalties Edouard Mendy saving two penalties uh, here you go why are you rolling Nate. your eyes no reason <laughs> Nadem no reason he's not happy well, he's obviously wrong. So England going to win 3-1. 3-1. Uh, yeah. No penalty. 3-1. 3-1. Three one. Three one. One. No chance. He's already lost a bed. Come in. Let's go. <laughs>
England. Come on, England. Eng- England just to be too strong. Right. In a pretty exciting game. But the, 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 the suspension and the, the injury that, was, that we already knew about, I, I think, might just be too much for Senegal. Might. I'm going to have to say England as well. I think I think Senegal's only chance is to try and bully England. Why are you England. saying it through gritted teeth? Well, because I don't want one, but <laughs> Senegal's best chance is if they can bully England. <laughs> but, okay. but I still think England have got some strength in there, so just England. Uh, elsewhere, of course, we mentioned it. The US will be taking on the Dutch. That's after they topped the group after beating Qatar by two goals to nil. I don't think anyone in the world watched this game apart from Mario Malkiot, who joins us now. Uh, Mario, looking at it, what do we learn from this win? Oh, for this win, it was a game exactly what you said. I don't think a lot of people will watch it because Holland, they were thinking they were going to win the game anyway. But um, they were hoping to play a better game like the previous games they played. But it came out, it wasn't as great as they would like it to be because they felt like, you know, when you play against Qataris, I feel like when you play this game, you already have the, the upper hand. It's very difficult to perform well. And I'm going to tell you why, because it's almost like you're already 1-0 down when you start the game, because people expect you to run right over them. But it it, it was the easiest game, but it, it didn't come out like that, because some of the players got some opportunities. Uh, you told us before the World Cup that Gagpo was very much a player to watch, getting on the score sheet. Once again, is that three goals in the tournament now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the only one that scored so far in the, every game in the group stage for Holland, because he's the first one to do it. He's a very, very talented player. You know, like, he plays for PSV, but the way he is, because the last couple of games that I've been watching from him, especially the, the big game when he was playing Ajax PSV, just very comfortable on the ball, very creative, takes a lot of risk, and Louis Vagal likes it. And because he's a young boy, Louis Vagal loves to pick a young player mm. and adds him into a starting line and gives him the confidence that he needs. And look what kind of confidence he's having. Wow. I made my three dogs watch this game. Why would you well, do that I'm, to them? They're bad well, enough I, they've got to put up with you. Let well, alone. if I was watching it, they would have damn well watching it as well. Wow. Uh, do you want me? I turned it off. Shall we give some? Two nil. Shall we find some positives for Holland? I mean, they're out the group. Obviously, they've won the group. They yes. haven't been great. Yeah. Uh, Mario said this was really a you know, hiding to nothing in a sense because Qatar were out. They were, they've been horrible. Uh, the positives: clean sheet. That's not a surprise. Memphis Depay getting some match time, some more match time, some game time, some match sharpness. He'll play, obviously, and that just gives, going to give the US a little bit something different to think about because he's a very clever player. So at least they've got him some game time, Gakpo you mentioned. So there are some positives for, for, for uh, Louis van Gaal's men, uh, but they like to slow the pace of the game down. And this US side, a young US side, like yes. to try and play a little bit pacier and have got pace on their side. So I actually think this is going to be a really intriguing matchup between the Dutch and the United States. Uh, let's take a look then at how the bookies have things set, shall we, going into that tie. The Dutch are favourites uh, to make it through to the quarterfinals. Uh, the US come in as the underdogs uh, at 2-1. Uh, to one. Uh, What's the feeling uh, in Holland going into this tie, Mario? Yeah, look, the, the feeling of the United States facing the United States never was an obstacle. Yeah, if you look back at the, the history-wise, the way but the way America is performing now, I feel like they're really gaining ground really fast. 
and the way they, they're playing, the way they're adding in the tournament, just some of the players. If you look at your, your starting lineup already from the Americans, most of them are playing in the European competitions. So they are not anymore the outside like back in the day where people were like, oh, I'm not sure if they can handle it. No, you guys can. You, you play high intensity. Greg just mentioned the energy is on a different level. You're young. And ask yourself, what is the biggest problem Holland had in the World Cup so far when they faced Ecuador? What did Ecuador do? Did they played high intensity against them and they were got they really got challenged. So that's why I feel like the Americans are gonna do identical to them. And if I looked at the you know, in the last game that they played, they did exactly the same thing. You know, they got the speed up front with William Polisic, um they got Adams, you understand, in the middle of the park. I like him, the way he controls the play and the way he looks around. And really, you can feel they bust the tempo. But that's what Holland always likes to do too. So that's why I feel this is going to be a bigger match than Holland would probably expect because they maybe look at the game and think like, ooh, it would be easy. But they're lucky that Van Gaal doesn't think like that because he keeps on saying like, I just go after results. How big a disaster would this be though? from a Dutch perspective, if you were to go out in the round of 16 against the US? It would be a big one. Why? Because they will see the US as a, as a more um, uh, uh, coming up. Uh, like They're not at the level yet where Holland is. That's how the, the Dutch think over the, the US. But I, because I live there, and it's a different perspective, and also because I see so many players, what I just mentioned abroad, they got a different setup. I think the US is rising really quickly and quicker than we expected them to be. Because if you saw the game, I mean, of course, you guys watched the game against England, there was already a big answer to see where they came from. And we will, back in the day, we would say things. And now, the way they performed. I think this is going to be a tough game for Holland. It's not the worst place to be in if you're Holland, is it? You've, according to everybody, you've hardly kicked the ball. You've won three games. You topped your group. You're playing against a side that, that on paper, you know you should beat. So I don't think you're in a bad spot if you're Holland. But I think it's just the lack of, like, you, you look at the, the matches, obviously, they, they drew 1-2. They drew one, one, yeah. one, you could argue they didn't deserve to win, obviously, the, well, one of the games. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think the, the US, unfortunately for the US, are going to be good opponents for Holland for me. Oh, really? Because, well, the US is a young team, and we're talking about the tempo. And those players like to be at 100 mile an hour. It keeps them concentrated, it keeps them going. You know, you're playing against an experienced Dutch side that will put you to sleep. And yes, the US players are playing in top level football, but they're still young. And teams put you to sleep and you go to sleep and all of a sudden you turn around and you're, you're behind. That's my one worry with the US side. A Pulisic apparently has text Western McKinney say he's fit and he'll be ready to play on Saturday. Yeah, good luck with that. If I hadn't, if, if, uh, <laughs> if I was the U, if I was the in the US camp, I'd look at how we played against England, and we can talk about England's performance and how that, how much that um, added to it. But they played pretty well. Bear in mind, I would imagine most people would have England yeah. pretty much ahead of the Dutch at the moment by quite some way in terms of their playing squad. Uh, but yet the US were able to, to match that and, and created arguably better chances. Uh, I wouldn't be fearful at all. It's interesting, Mario saying in Holland, they'll be thinking, ah, oh, the US, we're better than them. I have to tell you, the US, most of the US fans will be looking at Holland and thinking, we have no fear mm. of playing them. Not, not that they're necessarily just going to turn up and beat them, but there should be no fear in playing this Dutch side. The difference might be Depay back in. The difference might be you know, it was Maguire at the back who's not played all year. Now it's Virgil van Dijk and others. 
much better defenders, much more experience. The US have struggled in that department. Yeah. How are they going to get round this back three with all these experienced, big, fast, strong defenders? That's going to be the United States' problem. Yeah, most definitely. Mario, let's get a prediction for you, shall we? <laughs> I still think uh, Holland is going to do it. I, I go for 1-0 um, for Holland. Um, why I say that as well? Because just what the guys mentioned, yeah, the only thing that, that could hurt America is because they might have run out, you know, the energy levels could have dropped there because they gave a lot. If you saw the game of today, they gave a lot of energy. They, they uh, passed over to win the game. So I think that could be a crucial thing. And then if they can control, like, you know, like uh, Steve said, like controlling the game could be one of the experienced things that they might not be able to do. So let's see what happens. Uh, Mario will be with us on Extra Time today. As always, you can check that out over on our YouTube channel with the boys stay late. Oh, it's me eating birthday cake. Lovely. Uh, you can check that out over on ESPN FC. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Just some World Cup notes for today. Uh, FIFA have confirmed that Cristiano Ronaldo did not Good. score Portugal's opener. Good. Uh, this is via like, Snickometer almost, uh, the uh, match ball technology. Uh, meanwhile, Andre Onana has left the World Cup after being suspended uh, by Cameroon. Well, Wednesday's all about Group C and D. Just a reminder how things stand. It is incredible, isn't it, when you take a look at what's at stake. Poland taking on Argentina. Saudi Arabia against uh, Mexico. Uh, this is going to be fascinating, Jules. No, it's going to be great, really great. All four can still qualify. It's one of those groups which is fantastic. I, th I think when you get to this stage, the last game, and the nerves, there's so much at stake in, in the two games that we will see kicking off at the same time as well. So it's going to be great. And I think right now, Mexico need a little bit of a, of a mini miracle, if you want. But between the other three, mm. really Argentina, Poland and Saudi Arabia, there's, there's not much in there. All of them have played well at some point. 
I would say that Argentina of the three are maybe the one that haven't played as well as the other two. So it's going to be great. That, that Poland-Argentina game is worth so, so much because Poland have some arguments, I think, to to give a good fight against Argentina and to, 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 to put a good performance and to, to deny them, to, to not give them much of the ball, not much space either. And if someone like Lobotka, for example, does a good job on Messi, if Zelensky can find some space and if they can create for Lewandowski, then I think they would be dangerous too. So this is not, this is not an easy game for Argentina at all. No. Not not, well, no, would not, and, and the fact is, I would not be surprised if, if Saudi Arabia were to beat Mexico. Because mm-hmm. they've been pants. Yes. Right? Yeah. Basically. And yeah. so uh, Saudi Arabia have actually played well. Then it comes down to, the, as Jill said, how dogged this Poland side uh, are going to be and can be. Yep. And also, Argentina, yeah, they got that result in the last game, but, but they were not good. They no, were not good. No. But I think they need to have the mindset was they need to win. Yeah, yeah. They need to win to go through. Yes. Because Saudi Arabia could well and truly beat Mexico. they got to go with Argentina. I don't know, Steve. What have you seen just, from them that just, made you think, yes, that well, first game, they were terrible. I, first well, half I'm, against Mexico. But I'm going to go the other way. What have you seen from Poland? Come on, Poland. Poland but a draw's been, good enough for Poland, in a sense. Do you know? I'm not, the, to me, this is, this is all about Argentina. I, I'm sorry. Poland, to me, are part of the, they're part of the game. But it's about Argentina. If Argentina can strike up any sort of form, they win this game. I've seen absolutely nothing from Poland in this World Cup that, that against anybody, I really, really fancy them. All right, maybe Qatar, but other than that, <laughs> other than that or Wales. But other than that, <laughs> Poland have done absolutely but nothing for Poland, me. So it's about Argentina. If they play anything at all, they win this game. But every World Cup or Euros Poland go to, certainly in recent years, I don't want to go all the way back, uh, but that's kind of how they go about their business. It's how they get to these major championships, how they go. And it's a, fr- a frustration for Lewandowski up front, but it's just the way it is with his country. It's not the same as with his club. But it's how they do it. They're very organised. And, and we, we have no idea what Argentina are going to tell me. No, not at no all. No idea. Not at all. Uh, meanwhile, Group D, just a reminder how things stand going into their final round of matches. Uh, France, of course, through there, fine. It's really all about Australia against Denmark, you feel. Uh, in a winner-takes-all kind of a fair draw, good enough for Australia, uh, of course, unless Tunisia beat France. This is an interesting one, Jules. Yeah, interesting. I mean, the, the France-Tunisia game... Tunisia can still qualify, of course, you've just said it, Dan. France are going to play a B team. I think Deschamps is going to make five, six changes, which you can understand because obviously we are already through. I mean, Denmark being in that position mm. at this stage, I mean, none of us would have, would have thought about that. And yet this Australia side, you would expect, would play like they've done so far, being very compact and very deep and, and try to be as solid as possible. And Denmark have just lacked that spark. You know, even against France, they scored, they scored on the set piece. But they've just lacked some creativity, some spark. Would you push Ericsson a bit higher, for example, and have Hoiberg and another defensive midfielder behind him, for example? Do you go all guns blazing because, because you have to win and because you know exactly what Australia would be about? And maybe just where you need to have just Hoiberg sitting and then basically creative midfielders and then and then wingers and strikers. I, I don't know how you go along, but Casper uh, Hulman today said, like, you know, we, we discussed the pressure together. The pressure is huge on Denmark. Can you imagine mm. if the semi-final of the Euro, the last Euros, don't make it out of that group with Tunisia and Australia? This would be a disaster for, for what is a very good generation. So the pressure is huge on them. 
Yeah, a lot of us looked at it and thought, well, maybe Denmark as an outsider could do well. Obviously, Frank said they could Frankie, win it yeah. all. This is a big ask for them now, isn't it? Or is it not? I don't think it's a big ask. It's, it's about being able to do what most of their players on a regular basis do, and that is play at a high level. Right. Because Australia are, are going to be what they are and what they've always been. They will they'll run all day, they'll get in your face, they'll try and upset you, they'll try and counter... They'll try and get down the wide areas and get some balls in the box. So, you know exactly what you're getting from Australia. Unfortunately, this competition, we haven't really seen what we're getting from Denmark. But if they turn up and play at the type of level they normally do, then they have to be big favourites to win the game. Yes, pressure on them, but I'm going with Denmark. Don't see them winning this World Cup. <laughs> well, well, thanks for that, Craig. Mike <laughs> well, Frankie. But yeah, I see them getting out of this. I mean, it's... It's just not an ideal scenario for them, but it is the scenario they find themselves in mm. through their own volition. So they have the quality. Uh, they've got some big physical players up front. If they want to put crosses in the box and they want to go that way, they have got some good players that can pick pockets. Uh, and yeah, I mean, barring a disaster, I, I think Denmark will beat Australia. Uh, but if they continue to play in the manner in which they have, they won't go much further than the 16. We'll, of course, be looking back at that group and Group C as well on the next edition of the show. Uh, be sure to join us at 6 p.m. Eastern here on ESPN+. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Uh, Belgium have not had a very good tournament so far and it seems to be getting worse not only on the pitch but off it as well where they seem to be imploding a lot of reports uh, fighting amongst the players. It all started with this press conference from Kevin De Bruyne when he was asked whether or not Belgium could win the World Cup. No chance. We're too old. I think our chance was 2018. We have a good team, but it is ageing. After the defeat against Morocco, Jan Vertonghen made reference to that, saying we probably also attack badly because we are too old. That must be it now, surely. There were then reports that Lukaku had to separate Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne from fighting with Vertonghen. Eden Hazard then addressed this, saying, we didn't fight. Jan is taller than me. Uh, nothing happened 
happened in the dressing room after the Morocco defeat. Everything said about it is not true. We told each other lots of things, good and bad. Some things might not have been popular with some players, but they had to be said. Thibaut Courtois, who apparently smashed a bench in the dressing room, uh, came out and said the problem is that too many lies are spread. A situation is described that doesn't exist. Everyone has openly expressed their opinion. Now we have to take action on the field. Uh, Roberto Martinez says, yes, there is tension in the group. It's natural. If you don't have tension or disagreement in a family, it's because you don't have emotions. Uh, let's welcome back, shall we? Uh, Mario. Mario, it's not the Dutch falling out. That's a bonus. Yeah, definitely. You know, like how camp. I think it's also because of Van Gaal. You know, he's more in control and he picked exactly who wouldn't give him any problems because that's why he selected it um, accordingly. But back to the Belgium one. Wow. You know, like <laughs> Martinez was my coach when I was at Wigan. So that's why I know him personally as well. And the way they're going through it because they like throwing bombs at each other. And yeah, I mean, I, I when I was at Wigan, I had a similarity with him. When we got beat by uh, Spurs one time, uh, I think it was a 9-1 or something. And I came to, to the club and I went to his office straight away. And I sat down and I never saw my coach in my life the way I saw him. He was in a shock. I was like, wow, what do you do now? I'm the captain of the team. So I said to him, you know what? I'm going to go down. Can I have a meeting with the team? So I sit down. We have a meeting. I said, um, we're going to decide to pay the money back to the fans because... We needed the fans that whole season. So I sit down with, with the team. He was outside because I didn't want him to be part of the group, um, the coach. So I sit down, had the conversation. So after the conversation, when I had with the team, I, I had a, uh, a chat with him. And I asked him, I said, sometimes you got to put your foot down. And you know what he said to me? He said, some people cannot handle it. So I got to be accordingly to see how I handle every individual. So now this is happening. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, he's probably handling every individual again. Because, look, we're not talking, this is beyond what a lot of people forget sometimes. What you achieve as a coach is one thing. But you also have to remember, you're in a camp of egos. And you better know how to handle them. And if you don't sometimes put your foot down and you just keep it nicely, they will walk right over you and they won't even hear you. And it sounds like nobody's listening. Stock's falling. Well, he's got some big decisions to make ahead of this Croatia game and uh, and that's not just up front, midfield or at the back and it's not just the shape because it's a back three, then it was a back four Castagno was at left back but we know where one of the main yep. talking points is going to be there is, not a, there is no way in the world, in my opinion that he can go into this Croatia game with Eden Hazard in the first 11 and it's not even a difficult conversation although you, and I, I know Stevie's touched on this before he made him captain that's, that's, that's his problem now, right? It's not even a difficult conversation with Eden Hazard. Look, I can't, you're not playing well with your club. You haven't played with your club. You haven't played well here. You can't last anywhere even close to a, a full match, maybe an hour. In that hour, you don't even offer a lot. That's his first protocol, and then he can work around the rest of the team, whatever he wants to do from there. But if he catches this Croatia team the way they responded against Canada, and I know they were poor, then this Belgium side... Yep particularly with that creation midfield, are in big trouble. It's interesting that Martinez makes reference uh, to the team being a family, Jules. Obviously, France know all about families falling out as well. This is quite the story, isn't it? <laughs> and quite something that it's being played out so publicly. 
Yeah, this is incredible. I was at that game against against Morocco, and before the game, we we were hearing some rumours about the tensions already within that squad. Some players not happy with some of the players being called up by Martinez. I think some players feeling that the loyalty that Martinez has showed to some players, and they're easy to find. Craig mentioned Hazard, of course. I think Axel Witzel is another one. Of course, you go down Vertonghen and Aldeverell. And from the quotes that we showed earlier in this segment, there's one that we didn't mention is the one that Hazard said on Thursday when he said, our defenders are old and slow. Pretty much that's what he said, which again, didn't go down well. And I was told there was no fighting in the dressing room after that defeat against Morocco. However, words were exchanged. They had a meeting yesterday with all the players where, where they said things to each other that they had to be said. I just feel it's, it's too late now, but you know there's something wrong when the press conferences today were supposed to be Carrasco and, and Arthur Theate, the young, the young uh, centre-back from Rennes. And then you get late last night an email from, from the, the press officer saying, actually, exchange is going to be Hazard and Vertonghen. So we're all thinking, ooh, nice, they're going to both come up and we can ask loads of questions about, hey, did you really fight? And then that changed again from Vertonghen to Courtois. And you know there's something wrong. If Courtois and Hazard are coming to basically say, oh, this is not true, nothing happened, when we all know exactly what happened and we know that this is true, we know there's tension. Some players don't speak to each other. When you hear Trossard before the tournament saying, oh, I deserve to start here. When you know that clearly that's targeting a, a Hazard because they're playing the same position, you know things are not right. And I think when you, attack a, when you approach a competition like this one and there's all that tension within your squad, you can't perform on the pitch. It's impossible. Mario, what are you shaking your head at? <laughs> because it's so funny. It sounds like a big story, but go on. We're all like, okay, you know, maybe if not with you, but with, uh, you know, Craig and Steve. We all know when it comes to the dressing room, one thing you have a, a coat, you know, it's like a rule that you don't bring out. You, whatever happens in the dressing room, you don't talk about it. You leave the problem in there and then come out and just pretend like nothing happened but clearly something is happening come on guys come on things cannot come out of your dressing room one is saying about the speed the other one is about the age uh your back line is what 33 35 uh your, your top players has 31 the Bruyne 31 these numbers it doesn't matter because i don't think that the numbers should be uh, the biggest problem but the only thing is how many have that number. That is the biggest problem because they can, you, you're talking about Belgium. Belgium was one of the top, top, top countries. When they started the World Cup before, everybody was talking about them. They said like, wow, this this national team is full of talents. Even I was like, whoa, they're going to upset some people. And look what comes out. The next World Cup, now they fall out with each other because I think deep down, in every individual in the Belgium squad, they feel like we should have gotten more out of this than what we have done so far. You know, part of your job as a coach is to smell the trouble before it kicks off. Right. And clearly Martinez hasn't done it. And particularly with the decision we hazard, A, making him captain and playing him when he shouldn't be playing. A lot of it you have to look at. Him. But how do you get to the level that Martinez has without being able to make those decisions, without being able to communicate with your players like that? I'm, I, I'm, he's not I'm, dealt with he, those players before. Right. I'm talking uh, of that. I'm sorry, of... but he wasn't dealing with uh, De Bruyne and Vertonghen right. and Hazard at Everton. He just wasn't. Right. I mean, big players, but yeah. not, not, not yeah. world stars. And when everything's going well, it's easy peasy. And he took over the Belgian side that were that, that we all thought should have done yeah. better, and that's why he got the job. So he's actually taking. He's in a position that very few managers. That, we're in or get into. You take over a side 
who have the potential to, to win European Championships and compete for World Cups. So that's a great place to walk into. But part of your job is to keep it that way. And clearly, he's, he's not keeping it that way. Because when it erupts in the dressing room, it doesn't. It just doesn't happen overnight, Dan. Right. It I doesn't. See, like, simmers and it then... simmers, and you, as I said, you've got to be able to smell it. Right. It clearly hasn't smelt it. And again, I think we're really going to find out what he is made of when he picks this team, and, and because think, Hazard yeah. should not play. Right. And every person and and the planet can see that Hazard is not at the level he should be. And if he plays, I think it'll say more about. Martinez and everything else. The bar was so low when he took over from a coaching perspective, not from a squad, because they were they are yes. some great players. But but Mark Velmot just isn't a coach, right? And and was managing the, the national team because he was a great player for them. But tactically he, he had no clue. And so they go to a guy who had a decent CV, and it's, it was okay for a while, but but there's coaching and there's systems and there's all this, and then there's managing these big problems and big egos. They're going out. Yep. They're going out. They're not turning this around because the players are not getting on behind the scenes. It's probably a lot worse than we could even imagine. And when you're talking about, when you're a guy that hasn't kicked a ball for three years and you were once one of the best players in Europe in Eden Hazard, and you're talking about defenders that can't run, when you can barely do 45 minutes, that's a huge problem. Uh, we'll say thank you very much uh, to both uh, Mario and Jules. Just a reminder, more of Jules on the latest edition of the Gavin Jules podcast. Uh, you can check that out over on the website. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, Mario's old side, Wigan Athletic, have a new coach, Colo Torre, uh, taking over there. And speaking of uh, lower league football, the championship live at the weekend. Uh, Sunderland taking on Millwall. Is that League One? Might be League One. It's, yes, yeah. it's League One, yeah. Yes. Uh, Sunderland against Millwall. That is 7.30 Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Well, no, it's championship. championship. It? I did doubt myself. Championship. Uh, yeah, um, be sure to check that out. And you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> I know, why did I look oh, at you? Me. <laughs> yeah. Schoolboy era. Yeah, I know. That and then when he said yeah, yeah. you went, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, thank you, Stevie. Brilliant. Uh, that is it then. That brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, be sure to stay tuned, though, as Extra Time is next. This is FC Extra Time, brought to you by Globants. Hello and welcome in to the ESPN FC studios. Thank you as always for your tweets. Craig is with us. Have you got any of those silly pictures from yesterday of you in a net again? Uh, no, it's my birthday though. Thank you very much for well, your you salutations. Didn't... Neither of you reached out. No one said happy birthday. Why would we? Well, because it's a nice thing to do, isn't it? Happy birthday, you, Daniel. You, you are regretting that picture in Madrid, aren't you? Nah, I still think I look good in it. I think it's all right. That's all right. Uh, Mario joins us as well. Uh, right then, um, I don't have the questions, so I'm going to have to read them. You know, we were doing a World Cup show today. How did we get from a World Cup to the Wigan manager? I don't know. Our producer decided he wanted to put it in. Ignore him. <laughs> Craig, will Foden start the remaining games for England after today's performance? No. Why not? I'm going to go and get the questions. All right, so. sod off. 
We'll, we'll take it from No, we just uh, answer the question. Uh, Why no, not? I don't, I don't think he'll start because I think Southgate's got other options. And, uh, don't walk in front of the camera. That's all right, look. It's fine. Walk behind it. That's just I don't think he will. <laughs> I don't think he will. <laughs> I think Rashford will def I think Rashford will start, but I'm right. not sure Foden will start. Mm. What do you think, Mario? Not saying that I think yeah. he should. I think I think he will, yeah. I, I have a feeling like look, he's now at the, the moment there's no more trying anymore. And Foden, you let him wait so long. I don't think he's gonna give him that uh, that chance. Yeah. But he clearly has listened to what the people have been saying about him. Foden he's gotta come in a team. So I don't think he's uh, gonna start him yet. No, he won't start. He'll start no. Sterling wow. and Saka. Uh, can you touch on the difference for Pulisic, uh, Pulisic uh, between playing for club and country? Uh, I, pretty yeah. much, I pretty much agree with everything Craig said. I think earlier... He, People may not have seen earlier. Uh, well, earlier on Craig was I'm saying not, that... I'm not repeating that. <laughs> so, well, in a, in a nutshell, <laughs> in a nutshell, when he plays with the US, he's got this freedom and just to go and play and to try things and if it doesn't work he knows regardless of what, what the scoreline is he's playing the next game right and that's completely different to it seems at Chelsea where he's thinking more of well if I make a mistake then that means I'm not going to play the next game which is the worst thing as a footballer you like to go and have a clear head and go and do your thing right so it just seems that clear that he's got the freedom to to express himself with, with the USA. Mario, what do you think? What's the difference between Pulisic at Chelsea than uh, USA? Confidence. Confidence is always very important. I think uh, Stevie just said it. Look, when you when you come to the national team and you don't have anything to worry about and you're the star man, he's clearly the star man in that in the national team. And he knows whatever he wants, the ball comes to him and everything works. When he comes to Chelsea, he's clearly not the star man. And that also has to balance in your brain in the sense of like saying he's probably even happier to play for his national team now than playing for Chelsea till he gets to that moment where he plays regular. And I think that's probably because we're looking also at the track record of, of Pulisic. Eh? Every club, he has moments like that. He plays a lot of games and then he goes back and he's got to find himself back in the team. After a while, any footballer is going to get tired of that. You want to play all the games. It doesn't matter. Whoever tells you I don't care, no, everybody cares, including Pulisic. So that's why he's doing so well for his country. Uh, Craig, did you picture this kind of World Cup performance from Gareth Bale? Pretty much. Really? What do you mean? Well, that he's been rubbish. Pretty much. Yeah, well, he's not even played at, uh, is it LAFC he's at? Yeah, I, uh, I know that, but he didn't play for Real Madrid, but would bring it then, wouldn't he, for Wales? That's not. That's even a bit of time ago, and no, I don't, I'm not surprised because that's the third game in a week, just over. He can't play. He's lucky if he can play one a week. He's right. lucky if he can play an hour yep. for one a week. So I'm not really. I'm not surprised he had his moment where he won the penalty and he scored it. And maybe if they got some crosses in, he'd have been in there to head it uh, to, to maybe get up and challenge. But I, I'm not surprised that the game pretty much passed him by because when you said when he did it at Real Madrid, and he'd come on and have his moments even at the end. But guess what? Look around them. No, no, but what I'm saying is that he wouldn't do anything for Real Madrid, but they, he was the heart of why Wales qualified, wasn't he, for the World Cup. He managed to turn it on in a Welsh shirt, but he hasn't done that even a little bit in this World Cup. He looks short. Well, he got away with it, didn't he? He got, he, he got away with it for a while. Right. And it, like everything, it catches up with you. You can't keep relying on miracles, because that's all they were doing. 
And the way that Wales play the game, when they let the opposition, regardless of who they are, by the way, mm. and you and you have to just look at him and say, right, you need to give us another miracle. I mean, you, you just can't keep going to the well. Do you think England will go attacking against Senegal, Craig, or will they be defensive? I think he'll go back to his, his two more... Def- Do we know how Henderson is? Was he OK in the end? That was a bad challenge on Henderson, but he carried on, didn't Anyway, he? well, if it's not Henderson... Yeah, all right. Henderson, Phillips, Rice. Rice plays. OK. Probably Henderson will fit. But right. Calvin Phillips, who's uh, not played much, could come in. But I think he'll go that way, right. rather than how he went the first two with Bellingham a little bit deeper and then making those forward runs. I think he'll go back to the two more defensive midfielders, if you want to call it that, and then it's who he puts in front. So if you want to call that defensive, a little bit more. Do you think Bellingham will play? Aye. I think he definitely goes with, with Rice, Bellingham and Henderson. And he'll go with three up front right. as well. Do you think so, Mario? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, the, oh, the big question I have with, with England is that the midfielders drop so far back sometimes and they take a lot of risk. I don't think they will have that much time, but the higher they go, the harder it comes. Look where Rice picks the ball up. Look where Bellingham picks the ball up. But I clearly, Rice would play in every team I have, because I've seen him tonight. When I watch the game today, wow. So definitely him, he will play, no matter what. Uh, Dr. Stevie, of course, has been breaking down politics injury, which has been confirmed as a pelvic contusion. Go and tell us what a contusion is. It's really sore. Oh. So you don't think he'll play? <laughs> I, 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 I tell you, I'd, I'll be surprised if he can come back with that. Right, I okay. Mean, that's a uh, short space of time. On that subject, Mario, initial thoughts on your Dutch against the USA on Saturday? Yeah, I said 1-0, I, said, uh, I gave the Holland, and I have a feeling that, um, just like Stevie said the one before, because the people didn't hear that, but they will control the game. I think that's what Holland is definitely going to try. The only surprise, like I mentioned before, is the energy of the United States. If they can bring it the way they have been bringing it with the energy and the competitive side and the pride that they, they carry with them, then they can upset the Dutch. And if not, they're going to be, you know, like um, uh, tactical wise, I think uh, they're going to be outsmart. But if they can test Holland, no one have tested them really, except from Ecuador, but America can do that too. Uh, final question, Dan, how was your birthday celebrations? Any special gifts other than England's <laughs> win? My youngest got me a Sega Mega Drive, or Sega Genesis, as it is over here, What's which that? was my first ever video console. Well, let's go. You don't. You don't like video. There we go. Anyway, look at that. Every day between now, and <laughs> every day there, should, there cannot be a show gets finished between now and 2023 that this photo doesn't pop up. I think there's just some jealousy amongst people for just the way I look in that picture and the way I put Why it. Why are you up. holding on to the net? It's not because, well, because you know, it accentuates my guns. Hey, did you give you a okay modeling modeling style? That's what you're bringing to the TV now. Okay, I'll see you then. <laughs> there you go, Mario. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You yes, had a pretty normal hairline there. Yes. Yeah. What are you suggesting? I don't think it's gone back. That's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not like you on the old. Uh, you're combing your hair forward now, I believe. I don't think I've got, I've got any hair to comb forward. It's just there. Oh, look, look. Anyway, it's yeah. not so much the picture. Huh? Right. It's it's, it's the the uh, the pose. It's very relaxed, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, yes. That was 17 years ago.
a long time, isn't it? You got a job here off the back of that. Who <laughs> yeah, oh, the hell? Yeah. Anybody could get a job here. Oh, cheap. 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 <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, Mario, thank you very much. Thank you very much, boys. Of course, ESPN FC continues uh, tomorrow. Uh, what's it? Oh, it's Argentina. Is that Argentina Poland tomorrow? Mm. I think Argentina oh, are going out. I think that's it. I'm off as well. All right. Don't yeah. you, Stevie? Argentina's not going to. I think they might. Where are you going? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash FC.